You're listening to the Unstoppable Business Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Lee. Albert, thank you for coming on the podcast today. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. So it seems like you teach piano, um, but very specific, right? Like online and, you know, something that people don't really, wouldn't really uh, think about teaching online. Uh, when people ask you, what exactly do you do? Do you tell them that, that you're a piano teacher? Oh, definitely. Mm. So I'm a, a pianist, a music teacher, and I teach also offline. But the, the motivation actually, interestingly, was I found that I was kind of teaching the same piano lesson over and over again, and then uh, sometimes to the same students. <laughs> and, and then I thought, uh-huh. <laughs> well, is is there a better way to to get information across and and to reach more students and and that's how the site actually was born oh wow okay so uh when did it all start really what like when did you actually start teaching students well I, i've been teaching piano students for actually many years so I'm, I'm i'm in my mid-40s already so i've i've been around for a little while so I've been teaching for like over 20 years now, but teaching wow. online started actually 10 years ago. I mean, it's a, the time, time flies. So th- those were really the early days of online teaching and online courses. But, but I didn't start right away with online video courses. I, I, the, the site actually, but my site is keynotes.com. It's, key, it's, it's hyphenated, so key-notes.com. And right. A, and... I, it started out life just as a piano teacher's blog, and then I would I would post some some articles. I, w- I would write about you know how to learn certain things in music, and then it started to to gain popularity. And then you know there, there was Q and A, so people would would write with, you know with a question, you know how do I play this or something, or you know can you give me some idea of some some tips on okay I can't play this this piece of Brahms technically you know is there something wrong with my fingering so 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 I would give them some specific advice uh, and then it started to build in popularity and then at some point I thought you know what I what I really want to do is turn this into a proper startup and and it needs a certain uh, technology uh, behind it and then I started to develop to develop my first courses and then it it really just grew from there. Wow, that's very interesting. So it started with the blog, huh? Your first steps into the online world. I, I did have the idea in the beginning that, okay, this, this could turn into a, a business, uh, but that wasn't the very first thought. Like at, at first, it really was just, okay, create a site for piano students. Okay. And and offer high quality advice, offer good teaching, and 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 then it just grew from there. And is still growing. Hmm. I see. So, what inspired that? What inspired you to write the blog? Well, it was really uh, <laughs> the, as as mentioned, where I I found that. I was teaching the, kind of the same piano lesson uh, so many times, and then sometimes to the same students, and 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 then I thought, okay, there's got to be 
a, a better way to reach more students and get this information across. And then, but but also very very importantly, it, it gave me a lot of insight into how students learn. Mm, and okay. one one of the things that now every every subject is different, but the in this this, this they probably uh, I think a lot of of subjects have in common. If you think of the way courses are traditionally organized, so let's say you have your module one, or if it's a book, let's say it's a, it's a chapter one, and then you're expected to know all of chapter one material by the time you get to chapter two, and then all of chapters one and two by the time you get to chapter three, and so on. And there's only so much that, that we can absorb. And we need a lot of reinforcement so that uh, just working with students one on one and then realizing okay we have to reinforce the material constantly reinforce the the core concepts that right. was really important and that completely d determined or like influenced if 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 not outright determined the the teaching model that I have on keynotes hmm okay so, so it's not like, okay, you just passively watch, you know, the, the, the lesson one, and then you could just go to the next one and passively watch it. So in, instead there are a lot of, in, in music, there are a lot of core concepts that you just have to keep reinforcing and, and, and students will forget them. You know, let's say there's a difference in, in the time signatures between simple meter and compound meter. And then, you know, you have to gently remind them, okay, do you remember this? Or it's okay. Do you remember the fingering for this particular scale? Okay. Or, or, or whatever it is, or do you remember what chord this is? And then they have to stop and figure it out. So in, whenever we acquire skills, then it's, it's not just a matter of knowledge. It's, it's an, it's a matter of applied knowledge and, for us to apply knowledge, then we have to have absorbed it. So for example, if you are learning a foreign language, then they, they, I, I live in, in Vienna, uh, so, so I had to learn German, and it took quite a long time. Wow. And in the beginning, okay, I would learn, then I, okay, I would know a word, but then depending on where it is in the sentence, there might be all different like de 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 declensions or 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 uh, or adjective endings and or or whatever. And so the German grammar is really pretty complicated. So it's not enough just to know okay, this word means that. You have to know how to use it in you know the different parts of of a sentence. And, you know, whether it's a, the subject or the object or indirect object or whatever, then the word actually changes. And is it masculine or feminine or neuter? You have to memorize that for all the nouns. And, you know, it, it, it's really pretty complicated. So it's not enough just to know the word. You have to know how to use it. And then you have to practice and practice and practice that. And then at some point, it seems like it's second nature. Like, oh, of course. It, it, it seems like, like, why did it take me so long to get that? But right. skill de mm -hmm. skills development is, is really like that. So it's like that in music. So you can't just learn something once and then, you know, check it off. You have to just reinforce it and reinforce it and practice it over and over and over again. And then at some point, after you've put in lots and lots of work, then you say, oh, this is like second nature to me. This is, this is really easy. Why wasn't it this easy all along, <laughs> right? Right, okay. So, so 
yeah, so, so that that really heavily informed the the teaching model uh, that I use on I use on my site. Hmm. Okay. So this blog, you were reaching people that weren't your students, right? These people were like completely. Were these people completely new to piano? Like, what was your audience like? Uh, yeah, I actually tailored the site to beginning and intermediate students. So the the, the reason is. There, there are two main reasons. So one of them is is technological. So, so the, I, I think the people most likely to look online for you know advice on like tips on learning piano, they might be people who are dipping their toes in and, and you know just uh, getting started, or they're somewhere towards the beginning of of the journey, and. If you're, let's say, a conservatory level, you know, or a semi-professional, then you're probably not looking for that. So, so that that was one reason. Like, if 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 you're at that level, then you're probably working uh, with a, a top-notch teacher at a university or a conservatory, or, or you know, you're already working with a really good local teacher. And, right. And so that was one reason, and then. The, and then the second it was a business uh, reason, namely, I, th I figured, well, probably. So, so, so one is uh, okay. Te the techno technology is probably pretty good at like best at helping beginning to intermediate students. And then two, that's where the market is. Hmm. Okay. So, so if if the if you're trying to target just very advanced piano players in the, in this case then creating a website that only is geared towards them that i mean that that's a limited market there, there might be a way to make it successful i mean i but, but that hasn't been my, my aim so instead i aim for the beginning to intermediate players that's very interesting albert how did you explain to them um especially the beginning students how did you explain how to uh, practice piano because I've had some experience with piano and I mean um, from my knowledge it's it's very difficult right um, the I mean positioning of the hands and all the fundamentals it's it's a lot to grasp right yeah there really is and what what, what I found is unfortunately I, I I actually think that we need the the best teachers as early in the learning process as possible so I, I really think that this is the case for for music, but and and that in in a way the musical world is upside down, and the, the the assumption is oh you know in the beginning you just work with any preparatory teacher who knows the basics, and then you know if you're good enough and if if you show talent and ambition, then you know you could play harder pieces, then eventually you outgrow that teacher, and then you know you'll get to an, an artist level teacher but I actually think we need the artist level teachers in the very beginning stages of development because often there's just a lot to correct then like right. if you have a talented student then you could see oh okay you haven't had this but it's like you there's the saying that you can't teach an old dog new tricks the I learned I'm certainly not a, a neuroscientist but but I have you know read about and, and talked with experts uh, about like how the brain learns and that when whenever we learn a habit then 
please do don't quote me on like the the biology of this because i'm sure i'll, I'll, completely, <laughs> I'll, I'll totally mess this up uh, uh -huh. but w basically when we learn to have ha a habit if let's say we're, we're we're playing the piano in one way we're holding the hand in a, in a certain way then we train ourselves to do that over and over again and that eventually becomes automatic and it's really really hard to to correct it, it might be possible, but it's very, very difficult because the old habit will kick in immediately and subconsciously. So it takes an enormous amount of effort to, let's say, retrain your technique. Mm, wow. So, so, so I really, yeah, so, so I, I really genuinely believe that we need, we need the best, like the best trained experts to, to teach at the very beginning stages. And and not not the other way around. And 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 also, if if I may, I I I think there's there's a big problem nowadays in learning piano in particular. The, there are a lot of apps that are that are coming out that are very engineer driven, and they have this underlying assumption that oh you just need to press the right keys and then that's piano playing. And then, you know, oh, don't worry about learning music theory or don't learn how to read music. That stuff is boring. That takes too long. It's too hard. Right. And but the problem is they don't teach any actual musical skills. They don't teach technique. They don't teach theory. They don't teach ear training. They don't teach like all of the things that actually count and like understanding the music from the inside out. And that's a recipe for getting really frustrated you might be able to learn like you know your first baby pieces that way but it's totally unsustainable and they you know they, they don't tell you that and they if if, if they were if the, if the people who developed these apps were really well-trained musicians like, like conservatory trained professional musicians then they would all know this it's like, oh god of course you can't you don't do this uh, but but typically that's not the case. So I, th I think there's a real risk. I think then there's a real need for for really good teaching and and passionate teaching and just, and getting that out there at the early stages. Wow, Albert, it seems like um, you really studied this stuff. You know, like you studied how how people learn and how your students learn. Um, was it was it difficult at first to sort of give these principles when you were teaching in person? That's a good question. Uh, I, I, teaching at beginning students actually surprised me because I, I teach, I, the, the teaching that I do like totally runs the ga the gamut from complete beginners, and I've taught very young children as as young as four. But although I'm not I'm not a specialist in that area, but but the parents have told me that hey you're you're good with kids. Uh, but 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 there are there are specialists who are just who are just so skilled at teaching really like like babies. I, I, have, I have a colleague in town. Uh, here, Isabella to Vivian, who is just brilliant. She she creates classes mm -hmm. for kids as young as I. They're, they're like they're less than a year old, and wow. they're there with the, 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 She's teaching them to sing and clap in time and and play piano, and it's it's just it's really amazing. Um, but I, generally, I, I teach uh, beginning uh, adults. All the way to, to professionals, and, and I've, I've given master classes for professional uh, pianists and, and professional piano teachers. So it really runs the gamut. And but my own musical education was actually completely lopsided 
and and totally unexpected and for for that reason then i i had always assumed that okay i should i should be a, a university professor and just teach professional track students and uh, but i was really surprised that like to me there's just no difference in terms of like the the rewards the emotional re- rewards involved in teaching then to me there's yeah. absolutely no difference whatsoever between teaching a professional who goes on and, and, you know, gets some great accolade or, you know, plays the concerto with the orchestra or wins a competition. No difference between that and teaching a complete beginner, the, the rudiments of music. Mm -hmm. So somebody, you know, like they're never going to get to, to Carnegie hall or whatever, you know, that's not their ambition, but if they can learn to, to play, you know, if they could play, learn to play through these, like, respectively then then that's a huge goal accomplished and and as as a teacher i find that both are are just equally rewarding so albert um so you start with the blog and then it turned into a q a and then mm-hmm. someday that turned into an online course right when did that happen mm-hmm. That happened. I'm trying to think back. I think it was around 2010, but it it actually could have been 2009 that I did my first uh, online course. So, so it was like nine or ten. And yeah. I look back now, and <laughs> to be blunt, um, I really sucked. And I thought <laughs> I mean, here's a big, big, okay. big mistake that I made. So, so if for, for anybody listening who who's just started out, then. The, 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 <laughs> then this is something that you might expect. I, a mistake that I made was I assumed, you know what? I'm never at a loss for words. Whenever I have, whenever I'm working one-on-one with a student, I always know just what to say. And I never just stop and think, oh, oh my God, I can't think of anything or I don't know the answer or, or whatever. So if I just t- treat the camera like a student, then I'll be fine, and that totally right. <laughs> that, that totally backfired. It just really <laughs> maybe it works for for other people, but that just did not work for me at all. And then uh, you know you press record, and then then it's it's like the 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 version the version of writer's block. Like oh, what should I say? <laughs> right? It's like you're staring wow. at, at the blank page. Uh-huh. Like, like the the eye of the camera is is watching. So, so that was. The, the, that was that was a, a learning experience for me to say the least and so I really had to, to get comfortable on camera that took a long time uh, one thing that I did that really 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 seriously helped uh, was I joined Toastmasters to to learn about public speaking and to just to develop skills as a speaker because whether you're speaking in front of an audience or you're speaking in front of a camera, you still need the speaking skills. And, mm. and the great news is, like, like, okay, you don't need to become like a great orator. You don't, you know, you don't need to become like a Kennedy or, or a Martin Luther King or whatever. Uh, but you can definitely get better and everybody can become a competent, skilled speaker. So, so one of the things that I found in my Toastmasters club is, you know, we would get people who joined 
and they seemed like they were totally shy and just terrified to get in front of up in front of an audience and speak. And, you know, within half a year, like you see so much growth and all of a sudden, like the, the people who were the most shy, like suddenly like just are the most brilliant speakers. So, so that's absolutely possible. And, wow. and, yeah. and then another thing that, that helps like in the beginning, uh, I wasn't really shy about speaking in front of a group of people, but you know, of course I overestimated my abilities <laughs> and, <laughs> and I, uh-huh. I, I thought, oh, I never say ah and um and whatever. But in Toastmasters, we would actually have somebody counting all the hesitations and all the ahs and ums and everything. And I would think, oh, I didn't have any. And then they'd get to the end of the meeting and then they would, you know, rattle off the names and how many ahs and ums you had. And I always had the most. Like wow. I didn't think I had any. Like, maybe, <laughs> oh, maybe I had one somewhere uh-huh. in there, and I was I was actually the worst in in this area. So I thought, okay, so I just another uh, lesson in humility, and just okay, I just have to practice this and keep going, and you know that really helped me very very significantly. And when I'm in front of a camera, it's not like I'm a uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not like a, a TV host or or anything of the sort, but you know. Th- the, the camera is is on you if you're recording an online course and you know you could suddenly blank out or you have all these ums, ah, what should I say you have these hesitations but the, the great news is you can practice so if you get into a, a learning environment like a Toastmasters club for instance then you can really learn the the art of speaking in front of a group which will really really help when you're speaking in front of a camera as well wow that's great advice, Albert. Thank you. So uh, when that course launched, the 2010 uh, course launch, was that successful right away for you? I remember, I, well, it was, but, but the definition of success was, was, was very different uh, back then because like, mm-hmm. success for me is, okay, if anybody buys this, like there's, there's a lot of uncertainty when you do any kind of business venture. And the okay is anybody going to buy this at all and i remember what happened i was working so hard and i was learning how to do video editing and you know try, try to make it as professional as possible and you know okay now it's i had it on dvd so somebody could actually order a physical dvd that's what it was at the time I, at, at, at the time it wasn't something that you can stream because most of the world did not have uh, internet like bandwidth uh, that was that was really uh, streamable like streaming content that 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 still that was a couple years uh, later where that that started to change like nowadays we take it for granted and you could do it on your mobile phone and you know it's pretty seamless but but those were the days where when, when you pressed play and you just get like buffering buffering right so wow (laughs) so the first course i launched was on dvd so i had to learn all the you know a lot of technical stuff about how to make a dvd and you know that's when you still you know you had interlaced footage and you had ntsc and pal for different regions of the world and it was kind of in over my head in these technical details but i remember i had a dinner invitation from friends and i was working frantically to get it done it's okay and i need to have a workbook so i actually wrote some little computer programs to like to generate the, the my workbook from it because I I'd, I'd set myself this goal okay this week and I have to finish this the, the the exercise book and the whole workbook and it has to be published and everything and 
and the weekend had approached and like, oh my God, there's no way I don't have enough time to do this. So, so I actually wrote like a, a few little computer programs to generate the workbook and the exercises and to wow. put them in, uh-huh. in some, in like a publishable format. And, and, you know, so, so you press, you like you run the code and it outputs everything. It outputs the the exercises and then the answer sheet on the flip page, and, and and it's all formatted into a beautiful professional PDF that that you just send to. I think I was using CreateSpace at the time, and so so I actually got it done. And then I went to the, my dinner invitation, and I, I sent out an email to to the, the list, and then I went to to dinner. And actually during dinner, I checked my email, like, oh my God, somebody bought it. And I was like celebrating with my friends. Like, I can't believe, okay, somebody bought my course. And then I knew at that moment, hey, there's a future in this. Okay, I might not get rich from this. uh, And I haven't. Uh, Some people have, uh, you know, depending on on their niche. Uh, But this is actually possible and I can make this work. So, wow. so that's that's how I define success. Okay, if anybody buys this, then this is a success. What did you work on after that? Did you continue refining the course? Like, what was your focus? After that, then then there was the question of okay, what's the next course? More content and everything. Uh, but uh, actually, some time had passed. I don't remember quite, quite how much. Of, like, eventually, like I knew, okay, I I want to turn this into a whole platform. And I want to, like, I need to have a lot of exercises, a lot of lessons and lessons on in on particular pieces of music and, okay, and more courses and I want them to be streamable. And, you know, that's when I really uh, started to focus on turning it into a membership uh, website that, you know, where, where people got all you can eat access uh, right. by paying for a monthly membership. And that that was a lot harder at the time are you an expert or course creator trying to monetize your online course well use our one-page template to get more paying students to your online course without marketing overwhelm or sleazy sales tactics you can download this for free at unstoppablebusiness.com now back to the show the, and honestly, I don't remember exactly when I first launched that, uh, but in the, oh God, uh, it, one thing that'll, that'll be really good for your listeners is just to know it's a lot easier now than it yeah. was just a few years ago. Like really, uh-huh. te- technically it's, it's a lot easier. Like it, at that time, actually, I programmed my own content management system. It was kind of like, it was wow. truly a house of cards. That's it wasn't crazy. like, I, I did not, one thing I definitely did not do is program like the equivalent of, of, of a WordPress or, or something that's like really sophisticated. Uh, but I, I did it like just, just for my own content and, and it, I, it, it was, it was hard to maintain. And then a problem was, like a, a lot of work went into just that code and then I was afraid to change anything because I thought, you know, like there's, there's this saying, never touch a running system. 
-hmm. and like the, the whole thing might collapse. Uh, so, so that was a big lim limitation. Uh, but you know, those were, those were the early days a number of years ago in, in putting up a, a membership website. Jesus, man, <laughs> you have to create your own <laughs> platform. That's crazy. <laughs> I, I don't, I guess other options existed at the time, but, uh, but so I don't know if I, if I went down the, if, if I picked the, the best path, but that's that was at least the the, the path that I picked uh, at the time, and and since then I've certainly I've certainly changed. So, <laughs> right, <laughs> I see. So um, during this whole process, was there something that made it all easier for you? I, I, yeah, yeah. Several things made it easier. Or made it easier. One is is the platform. Then you know I ended up changing uh, several times uh, before before settling on. Uh, on uh, I use Kajabi now, which is fantastic. But but it's it's really it's kind of like the 800 pound gorilla. It's it's not necessarily the the thing that you that you want to start with, uh, because it's it's pretty expensive. So you know, you, you definitely have to, you know, you, you have to put um, a lot of a fair amount of investment into it. So you really have to know exactly what you want. Otherwise, you're you end up uh, blowing through through uh, a lot of money, I think. Um, so so the platform is one thing that can make it easier. Uh, a lot of people use WordPress. It's easy to to get started with WordPress. It's open source, so it's free. And then there are uh, plugins for it, including like membership plugins. Uh, that really is, in my experience, I know a lot of people are successful with this. So if if you can be then then more power to you uh, but in my experience that truly is a house of cards so so i i really would not want to entrust a running a business on the wordpress platform and this happened to me actually just yesterday so i still had uh, at, at one point i had moved my blog over to wordpress and and yesterday I saw, okay, I still have this old WordPress installation. I needed to to update it, you know, just in case there are any security holes. And and I clicked the update button, like, you know, logged into the back end. So even though the site isn't really live for like nobody should actually see it, just just in case there's some security hole in the in the server or whatever. Um, I went to update, and all of a sudden, the whole thing came crashing down. And I got like the the oh, equivalent geez. of the infamous blue screen of death. And, and I thought, you know what? This this part of this blog now isn't even live on WordPress because I, I I moved it uh, since then, so I'm just going to press the delete button and it's it's not worth maintaining, uh, but but that has happened actually not infrequently by any means. Uh, it's happened to me numerous times. It's happened to to quite a number of people I know, and you know so so some people. Uh, I know just really have transitioned from WordPress to, to to something more reliable. So WordPress is fantastic for its original purpose of putting up a blog, but you know there's this whole plugin ecosystem, and you know if one little thing goes wrong, or if one plugin by you know some uh, programmer somewhere in the world has it has been abandoned and is no longer compatible with uh, the latest version of, of WordPress or with, you know, there may be some compatibility, compatibility issue with another plugin, then 
all of a sudden that could actually break your entire site and your whole site can be taken offline immediately just because of some technical error. Then you're panicking, like, what in the world is it? So I'm not, uh, like, WordPress would not be my first choice. It, 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 I think it could be great if you want to start a, a blog and, you know, if somebody is, is just getting started. But if, if you really have aspirations to build a, 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 a strong business, then you know, I, I would suggest thinking twice about that. But, but, but that said, there are other people who use WordPress and they love it and they, they use it for the, the, this purpose and they're successful with it. So, you know, I, I just wanted to, to voice my own experience and, you know, that's led me to, to, to be, be cautious when it comes to WordPress, but it's still a possibility. Um, and then, so, so one thing is the platform and that will definitely make life a lot easier. Uh, and another is like f for me in because I, I i teach piano the that's actually pretty sophisticated when it comes to the technical requirements and and, it, and by technical in this case i don't, I don't mean the the platform uh, but just you know the the studio that and actually this is funny because okay. you asked about my very first course I went to, I live in, in Vienna, Austria, and I went to the, the, the Bosendorfer Piano Company. They make like the best pianos in the world. And like, so I'm a big, big, big fan. I'm, I'm a Bosendorfer wow. artist uh, and the gorgeous, gorgeous instruments. And they were actually in the process of moving part of their, like they, they had like offices and like kind of like part of a factory in Vienna at the time they were consolidating and, and, and integrating everything into the main factory. And I was, I needed a, a, a good piano to record the course on and I needed something that would look, you know, okay on video. And then I asked, okay, do you have a, is it, can I, can I use a piano? And, and they were happy to, to let me do so. And then I needed to find a location. So inside like that location, like part of, of their, of their old office and factory space in, in Vienna, then I, I found a place, but, but the, the, the wall wasn't like the, it needed to be painted. So I actually went and like painted the wall white <laughs> just so <laughs> the, the background would, would look okay. So, so uh -huh. I, I put a lot into this and then I thought, okay, for piano, I need to have, a, a camera, like an overhead view, like the students have to be able to see which keys I'm pressing, and you know how am I going to do this, and how do you know how, how do I mount a camera? Like, and the ceiling's really high. What can I do? Whatever. So there's a, actually a lot that went into <clears throat> to getting a halfway decent shot, and you know it, eventually I did, and and then I I moved to, uh, to I, I recorded in a studio where. I had to haul all the equipment like all the way across town. Like I live on the other side of the town. So it, you know, it right. takes like an hour to get there and I'm hauling tons of like all my, my cameras and <laughs> audio recorder and microphones and headphones and tons of cables and, you know, stacks of music and, and, you know, all like little, I don't know, adapters. And at one point, actually, I even, <laughs> I even got a camera crane. And because I needed to have an overhead view and I had nowhere to actually mount a camera. So, mm -hmm. so basically you, you take this huge tripod and then you could get some crane that cost like hundreds of euros or dollars. And, and then you, 
then, then you you mount the camera on one end of that and you need the counterweights on the other end and you have to like by the time I set all this up and 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 then I had a, like a screen uh, you know big screen uh, in the background uh, one of those uh, f- photographers uh, backgrounds that, that they use and I, I just got like a plain white one and you know, by the time I set up the like the two cameras and, and the audio and the screen, you know, the 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 crane and, and everything, I was exhausted. Then I was supposed to like actually record and say, you know, hi, I'm Albert and I'm your piano teacher, <laughs> right? Let's right. today let's learn about <laughs> Mozart, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> I was dead tired, so that that was tough. So I, I would prepare a lot of material and then rent the studio and and you know, hopefully I could get like a couple courses worth of material, you know, out of a session. Uh, but that, that was a lot. And then eventually, uh, actually, uh, just, just last year, I, I, I got a, a beautiful Bosendorfer concert grand and, and I was able to, to set up my own studio and, you know, set up the, the cameras so that I basically can just press record. And that really, really makes your life a lot easier. So hopefully, like most of the most of the things that people will teach online, uh, don't like will not have uh, the technical requirements of teaching piano. Like, and I think piano is relatively it's probably unique amongst uh, teaching musical instruments. In in that. You know, you're pretty limited if if you if you're teaching, let's say, violin or cello or or, or flute or guitar or something, then those instruments are easily portable. But a piano is not. So you know, you need to find one like right. it's it's stuck. It's in the, that location, and and you know, you have to worry about the acoustics and do you have a location where there's a lot of background noise and it's tough with a piano. You need to get an overhead shot, whatever. So there are, are a lot of constraints. And fortunately, most things that people teach online won't have those constraints. Mm. Right. But but those those then to answer your question, uh, the in, in, in a nutshell, uh, the, those are the two major things. So one is you definitely need a, a capable platform. Uh, and then two is you need some kind of studio setup there, you know, with, with good lighting and, and good cameras and, and especially good audio, uh, that, that is easily reproducible. Mm, I see. Hmm. So Albert, knowing all this, um, it seems like your setup is, Pretty fantastic right now, <laughs> with your well. Well, courses. now it is, but it, but it but it took years. It took years mm-hmm. to, to get there. I, I have I have a dream setup. I have like the most beautiful piano in the world, and I have it all set up with, with my my recording engineer came and did the, and, and and mic'd it for me and and showed me exactly the, the setup. So so I get like really professional quality uh, now, like both in terms of audio and video. I, I use I, I I can give uh, some of. of a little bit of advice. I'm I'm not I'm not a photographer, uh, and I'm definitely like not a cinematographer. Uh, so I learned a lot through making a lot of mistakes and trial and error. Uh, but if it would be helpful to your listeners, then I, I might have a little bit to, like a few words to offer about that. Okay, sure. 
So yeah, so I don't know what like like one is if you know as mentioned, if you have a modern cell phone, like a modern smartphone, they tend to have like like remarkably good cameras these days. So if you have anything in the past couple of generations, like a, a, an an iPhone or or one of the better Android phones, whatever, then there's there's a lot of comp there's a lot of competition amongst the manufacturers. To, to, to get a good camera. So you can definitely do that. Uh, one, one thing that I would caution, um, I, I don't use a, a smartphone for, for my productions, although uh, if, if I needed an extra camera angle, you know, for, for a particular shot, then I definitely would not hesitate to use it. I, I, I have a, a, like a recent Right. So, well, I guess it's still the latest generation iPhone and, you know, the camera's really good. It's very clear, clean. So, so I would not hesitate to use it. Uh, one, one thing though is the, it's pr probably a good idea not to rely on the built-in camera app, but to get dedicated recording software. So on iOS, there's something called Filmic Pro that's really popular uh, and that works really well and gives you control because otherwise what happens is the if you use the built-in camera app, at least on iOS, then it will automatically change the lighting. So if anything, if, if you're not recording let's say at nighttime when it's really just black outside, if any light is creeping in and if there's any change, the, the, you know, cloud, uh, you know, so you suddenly have, have cloud cover or it suddenly uh, gets bright, that, that little bit of change, like the, the camera software can react to that. And, and then you might suddenly have a, you know, pretty stark difference in the quality of film. And so one of the things that, that I learned the hard way, oh, oh, I used to be one of those arrogant jerks who thought, oh, photography isn't a real art. The machine does all the work. And, and then I tried, I had the simplest of applications. All I was doing was, was recording, you know, piano lessons, like for YouTube, like for, for, for the internet, that was it. I was not like trying to make, you know, the, the latest Hollywood blockbuster. Uh, and I totally, totally messed up the lighting so many times, like one time after another, after another. And I would try all these shots and like, oh my God, it's a can it's totally unusable. And you know, I thought I was following the, the, the rules of like three point lighting and everything. And, but it just was not working. And I learned the hard way that cameras see light very differently from how our eyes see light. So, so that, that was another hard lesson learned. Uh, but, but anyway, back to, to cameras. Uh, so you can use your, your smartphone if you have a, a modern one and you're probably going to get like, like surprisingly good and totally usable quality. Uh, I now use black magic. Uh, they, they have a line of cinema cameras that are, that, that are used by a lot of documentary filmmakers. And these cameras are giant killers. They're really fantastic. They can record in, in raw or, or ProRes. The, what I did learn though is they're pretty technical. So you, you have to learn, you know, a fair amount about photography and you, you definitely need to, to learn about color correction and everything. Uh, but 
you, you could find an online course to, you know, to, to learn, you find like a whole course, for instance, in, in color correction, in whatever software you use. And so, so I ended up doing that and, you know, to, until I got a really realistic result that, that, I, that I really liked. Uh, and now I have like the settings saved. So I so, said, okay, now I could just reproduce that and, and it works really well. So, so I, I would suggest uh, that. I, one thing that I would not suggest is like, like there, there are two things. Like, like one is you probably don't need to go to extremes. I, I have seen a couple of videos of like some of these YouTube stars, like uh, there's some who do like product reviews and I've seen, and they've become really successful. So obviously they're, they're making really good money doing it. And once in a while they'll do a video like in, like an insider's video and like you actually see the studio and uh, my jaw drops at the equipment that, that they use. Like they, they have like really serious Hollywood level stuff yeah, and right. where they're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on their, on their studios and all the studio equipment, like, Oh my God. Okay. You don't necessarily need that. So that's, that's w one extreme is just getting so caught up in the technical details and technical perfection. Uh, but then the other extreme is also, I think a mistake. So some, some people do say, Oh, just, well, just start with whatever you have and it, and, it, and it's fine. Um, I, I do think that, that the, the sheer video and audio quality should that you need to have a certain minimal level of quality, in in my opinion, at least. So, so you know, other people will, will certainly disagree, but I, I do think that that pays off in the long term. Just you know, to get a good, you know, basic, uh, respectable, you know, maybe a semi-professional level of quality it doesn't have to be Hollywood quality, uh, but 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 it it shouldn't be completely it, sh it shouldn't be low quality because then that will give a, a poor impression so i, th I think it pays off like I, I think there's a sweet spot in the middle where you know w whenever you look at at equipment then there's definitely a law of diminishing returns whether it's audio or video equipment or microphones then like for example you know you could find Let's let's say if you're a musician, let's say there's a good microphone for I don't know for five hundred dollars. Well, the, you might need to spend several times that in order to get a microphone that is I don't know ten percent better. So that that in you know in the at the higher end, if if you're uh, recording an album, then you want your engineer to use you know some of the best possible equipment. I, but you have to look at you know the the price performance ratio of of all the equipment of audio and video. But there there is a sweet spot. So I wouldn't I definitely wouldn't do that. You could do relatively low budget and still get totally respectable quality, especially nowadays. Like the the barriers to entry are really coming down. So right. so the barriers to entry uh, soon will not be the Will will not have so much to do with the technology, but that's so that could be both good news and bad news. And, and one of the things that that I notice is that there there is a there is a trend that says, okay, well everybody's an expert in something, right? So oh, it doesn't matter what. And for for me, I mean, I do I disagree with that. I think everybody can become an expert in, in something. I definitely believe that. But um, 
the, the yeah, the, we, I think so. The the platforms then you know want to sell more of their own platforms. Oh, anybody can teach something. Well, you know, get become the become the expert. Like definitely become the expert first, and so a consequence to 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 lowering the, the barrier to entry is that more people will enter you know a particular competitive space so then it becomes more competitive uh, but it doesn't necessarily mean that people are getting higher quality so the differentiator is no longer going to be the technology the differentiator is going to be quality and part of the quality is going to be expertise so so the the more, the better you are in a particular field, and the more you, the better you can communicate that. Then that's okay. Then the more that's going to, to set you apart. And so, so I, I think that's where the the industry is really headed. So, so I I think that that means if it's not going to come down to the the technology, like okay somebody has a better camera or or whatever uh, if it's not going to be that or somebody has a better platform eventually like there's there's a certain amount of democratization that's happening there uh, that means that we should work on our own skills development so our skills both like trying to like really working to develop mastery of the area that we teach and then also really working to to develop innovative an expert teaching and working on our teaching skills, working on our presentation skills. For sure. Definitely agree with that. Well, Albert, there's uh, we got a few more minutes here. Um, is there anything you want else you want to say to our audience out there listening? Uh, my site is keynotes.com. So it's key-notes.com. And uh, somebody tried to sell me the, the version of keynotes like without the, the dash and then you know they wanted like I don't know if they want like a hundred thousand dollars for whatever so it's kind of that that's a lot but uh, so it's key-notes.com and it's geared towards beginning to intermediate level piano students and to intermediate late inter intermediate and and it's a whole platform and it's it's something that I, I continually develop I just released actually over 200 new lesson videos uh, just just uh, this past week, put put a, a ton of work into it, and the yeah. So so it's it's really it's really a growing community and growing uh, platform. So if anybody is interested in learning piano, or in at least one example of of what uh, such a, a teaching site uh, can be like, then then feel free to 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 visit. <laughs>